Welcome back to Trading 360. Glad you're all with us because this 360 round's a good one. This is all about the world of cryptocurrency. Ben, ben McMillan is with us, founder, partner, and CIO at IDX Insights. And Lou Laval is with us, managing director at 3IQ Digital. Thank you for being with us. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on here. Ben, obviously, Bitcoin hasn't been doing that much, but today it had this jump. What, what's led to the lack of movement over the last couple of months, but today's move too? Where do you feel like it's heading and what's going on here, Ben? Yeah, I mean, you know, the story this whole year has been Bitcoin kind of trading with other risk markets. Um, that's not going to change. We saw a risk on bid, you know, across, you know, asset classes today. Bitcoin's following. Um, I think it is important to note that between kind of 25, which was the recent low, and 30, we've seen a lot of buying. Um, now, that's not the critical mass to necessarily push it back up to, you know, $40,000, $50,000, but it's older vintage wallets. It's kind of the longer term holders have been buyers at that level. So it's good to see Bitcoin kind of hold this price level. What we'll need to see, though, is for it to stay above 30 for, you know, several days, because let's not forget this same kind of price move happened, I think, a week ago today, last Monday, last Monday, and it sold off several days later. So the key will be to hold it here. And I agree, and that's what I was going to point out, <clears throat> Lou, as I was noting, we were seeing the markets rally. And while Bitcoin had a bit of a bump, it really wasn't participating on our winning week where the markets were up 6% across the board. Bitcoin didn't do that, Lou. What do you make of the action? Yeah, so I think when we speak to clients, the two common questions that we get are, uh, what's the low point for Bitcoin? How low can it go? And then is the long-term thesis still in play? And I think those two questions have really come out in the last uh, several weeks. To answer the first question, I think um, an important stat that we follow is the 200-week moving average of Bitcoin. And when you look at the 200-week moving average on a logarithmic scale, um, the critical support level is around 22,000. So we're significantly above that level. We've been in that sort of 30,000 level uh, for some time now. It's 50% off the all-time high of 69,000. We don't predict prices, but I will tell you that um, at at these price points, there is definitely a lot of a lot of long-term buyers and support there. So that's from a technical standpoint. I think that we're really significantly above that critical $22,000 level. Um, the longer-term question around Bitcoin being um, still in play. Is it still an asset that you want to own in your portfolio? We'd say absolutely yes. One of the interesting stats right. that we follow so, is. Um, yeah, yeah. Lou, I'm going to jump in because in, in your notes, you were talking about um, the venture capital activity in the space, more regulation, which actually could provide some more clarity and take away some of the uncertainty, right, Lou? And that might help to move it higher. People who love crypto seem to want to be in it regardless of where it is, Lou. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. So the VC money has really come into the space in a big way. If you looked at over over the last uh, over the last year, we've seen roughly forty billion dollars raised in new venture capital funds. And venture money is really sticky. It's going to really help fuel the infrastructure behind Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a lot of the other altcoins and crypto assets. So those are all really positive signs, even in this lackluster price environment. That sort of long-term venture capital money is still there. And this year, we're looking at around $30 billion invested in the space, which is 200% more than last year, which was an all-time record. So that's a, a long-term bullish shine. Um, regulation, you know, it's it's something that the industry has been talking about and waiting on for years. Regulation is not a bad thing. I think it'll start with, uh, with stable coins, given the recent news with Terra Luna. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, uh, Ben, I know you were watching Ethereum, too, with some potential to the upside. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it, it dovetails well with what Lou just said about kind of the long-term thesis for crypto in general, but I think Ethereum is really the poster child for that because we've got the merge upcoming. This has been a long time in the waiting. A lot of people are looking at the merge as really a big upgrade for Ethereum, part of which will make it deflationary going forward. And so for the for the holders of value looking at Ethereum, you know, they're looking at that as a you know a massive reduction in supply. That could be that could very well be a very uh, robust price catalyst. Now the question is when does it happen? It's been delayed multiple times. Right now it's kind of looking like it could happen this August. Um, it's very likely it's going to happen before the end of the year at the latest. So a lot of people are excited about what the merge means for a potential price catalyst for the upside. Yeah, and I hate to be a downer, but there, there, it just seems that so many people love crypto and I understand the need for digital assets and, and something different. At the same time, Ben, people are worried about when they try to invest in crypto, is my money safe? There's been a lot of fraud, you know, they don't have access. It's not like they can pick up their broker and say, hey, JP Morgan's down, you know. If they lose $100,000 sort of in this dark web, they, they don't know what to do. Ben, what do you tell people when they want to get in? I mean, that is the big issue when people kind of try to go it alone. You know, that's the whole issue with self-custodial environment. You are your own custodian to your exact point. There's nobody you can pick up and call if you you know send coins to the wrong place. And that's a big issue. And that, you know, all of our clients are institutional investors. And that's top of mind for them is not just the risk of the market, but also the risk of participation. And so, you know, what we tell people is go through a trusted intermediary. There's plenty of Bitcoin funds out there. There's, you know, we've got a Bitcoin mutual fund. There's private placements, you know, help, have somebody else help you in that space if you, if you don't want to get into the weeds of managing wallets and private keys, because it is tricky. And, you know, even very sophisticated people fall victim to phishing attacks and things like that. So it's, it's, a, sure. it's a real risk for going it alone. Sure. Tell me about the fundamentals. Are there other areas, Lou, that you like in the space? Um, you know, you did note Look, it's really stood the test of time. It's getting taxed now over the last uh, nearly a decade almost, right? More than five years. And people still like it. Where, where do you think people are looking here now? I think uh, really Bitcoin has become the, it, it, when in, in, if you think of the price of Bitcoin uh, during the last uh, bear cycle in 2017, and even Ethereum, you know, it was much different in terms of today. I think uh, Bitcoin has really become more of the, hate to say it, the safe haven asset uh, in the crypto world. You've seen volatility come down quite a bit um, in Bitcoin and also Ether. And I think that um, fundamentals around those two assets, Bitcoin and Ether, are going to really be the two the two cornerstones for uh, investor portfolios. And then everything after that is going to be the top 10 largest, yeah. most liquid assets in the space. Nice to see you both. Thank you, Ben McMillan and Lou Lavalle. Thank you so much. Wonderful to see you both.